Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write about it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobar, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. Today's guest on Spirits of Whiskey is Dave Beck, practicing 3D digital game and new media artist. He's also a professor of game design at the University of Wisconsin-Stout in Menominee, Wisconsin. All very exciting stuff. But just why are we featuring him and his work in this space? Well, he's about to debut Distilled, a board game based on his sabbatical research in, where else? Scotland. Stay tuned. Hey, do you like whiskey, food, and adventure? I do. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Philip. I'm Louise. I'm the chef. Chef Louise Leonard, as in our World of Wheezy segment host here on the podcast, and Whiskey, A Chef's Journey. That chef. That's right. The project that started this very podcast. The series stars our very own chef, Louise Leonard, winner of Emmy-winning The Taste on ABC. And explores and connects the worlds of whiskey and food, city by city, country by country. Would you like to see this spirited culinary adventure on a TV near you? Well, you can by helping us finish the pilot episode through our crowdfunding campaign. For more information, including behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and incentives. And to make a pledge, visit our website, whiskeyachefsjourney.com. Now. Well, I think it's a cheers to that. <laughs> Let's. Cheers. cheers. Today we have Dave Beck on, who is a fantastic game guru, and I'm going to let Dave tell us his whole gaming background. Um, Dave, nice to have you with us today. You're going to talk to us about your new board game that's going to do a Kickstarter. Well, actually, because we're doing this on the 7th, it started yesterday. Um, But do tell us about your gaming history, how you became a gaming professor, and how did you get to your whiskey journey from the gaming world? Oh, great question. Thank you so much, Carrie, for for having me on. Uh, This is really exciting to be talking to you about Distilled, uh, uh, part of your your, um, whole your whole ordeal I've, I've been following and listening for a while now, and, and it's so neat to finally be on and, and talk to you. So my gaming journey uh, is an interesting one without you know taking up too much time. Uh, essentially, I've been playing games ever since I was a kid. I, I've been playing board games, video games. Um, uh, that was just always a part of my life. My dad worked for IBM, uh, so he was always bringing home computers, and I was playing games on those computers. My friends had board games, so that was something that's always been important to us. Um, as I grew up and, and went to college, I knew I wanted to be an artist. My background's uh, in art, fine art, interested in sculpture and drawing, uh, and I did that in undergraduate. Uh, but then I, when I went to graduate school, I discovered that I was very adept at using technology along with that, so doing sculpture with 3D modeling and 3D printing. Um, and one thing led to another before I realized that I was doing things that you would normally uh, be creating in a game or an animation. And so it kind of opened up this door for video games for me to be starting to teach game design and video games as a professor. So I did that uh, and I've been doing that for a number of years uh, and probably about, uh, I don't know, eight years ago, I was starting to get a little sick of being on the screen all the time. 
uh, teaching, making, just always screen, screen, screen. And I wanted some outlet. And um, it was actually my wife uh, purchased a, a board game for me. I hadn't played a board game in probably 20 years. Uh, she purchased a board game for me. Uh, and I thought, oh, I don't know, board games? I'm not sure. I'm really into video games. But I tried it and I was hooked. And and I've now have just uh, hundreds of games, um, I of board games. It's that opportunity to be able to get away from the technology, surrounded around a table with friends, uh, uh, enjoying stories, talking, much like uh, my also my interest in whiskey. Yes. Um, uh, so my my whiskey journey is also fairly short, believe it or not. Um, uh, probably this was, again, probably around seven, uh, six or seven years ago. I had an amazing opportunity to actually go to Scotland to teach a game design class there uh, over the course of a summer. Um, and so, you know, I, I had great intentions and, and it was a great, you know, lots of designing uh, games, looking at castles and layouts of castles and level design, fun stuff like that. And it was great, but I also discovered whiskey. Um, uh, and I discovered it through uh, a good friend of mine who was over there, Dan Bachman, who um, uh, was uh, introducing me to whiskeys, but then also the idea of touring um, different distilleries. So I was absolutely hooked. From there, I came home with bottles, you know how it is. Basically, we've got our whole suitcase full, full of bottles. Uh, I've got my daughter and my son who are uh, underage also carrying bottles home, you know, per person. So, uh, and then I got a chance to go back again. Um, and that's when I came up with, uh, distilled the game, but also uh, spent even more time um, touring, learning, enjoying uh, dram after dram, uh, responsibly, of course, but it was just a fantastic, fantastic time. That's awesome. And then when you were, was it in Scotland when you came up with the idea to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, this is actually only about two years ago now. Uh, I got to go back to Scotland and I went on a sabbatical. So as a professor, every so often I get a chance to have a time away from teaching, just focus on research. I was actually going to do something more uh, focused on things like virtual reality and augmented reality and history over there. Um, and so that's what I went over to do. And then after enough drams and enough tours, Something happened one night. I couldn't sleep. This is no, this is no exaggeration. I couldn't sleep. And this just idea appeared in my mind of how I could have um, the distillation process be a part of a game, like a mechanic in a game and how you do a certain thing in a game. I stayed up the rest of the night uh, till probably six in the morning, uh, seven in the morning. Uh, and I was just furiously writing notes after notes after notes on this process. And for me as an artist, it's really important to connect theme, like the idea of, of how something happens or what it looks like to the game itself too. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been really uh, focused on that for Distilled, the game. Uh, it started and was created in Scotland, inspired by Scotland, but branches way beyond that. So it's not just about Scotland um, uh, or Scottish whiskey at all. It goes way beyond that. But yes, it all started uh, uh, in a little town outside of Edinburgh called Dalkeith. Dull Keith. Nice. Mm -hmm. And how long were you there the second time when you were came up with the idea? Yeah, the second time I was there uh, for almost six months. Uh, oh, wow. I got over there. Um, let's see. I arrived in August and was there until um, late late December. So, yeah, actually really probably more like five, four, and a, four to five months. Um, but uh, 
it was the moment when I came up with the idea for distilled was actually early September because late August, I took a trip with a couple other people uh, for four or five days over to Isla. And it was that moment, I think, after that, it was, again, it was a few days after that um, is when that thing hit me, that idea, that light bulb moment. Um, so I really do, I probably attribute it more to Isla than anything else. Um, and the magic of Isla and the memories I had there must have rubbed off on me to be inspired to make a game. Nice. Now with Isla, <clears throat> it's very peated. Um, so mm -hmm. is that your preference? Do you like the peated over the, the non-peated? Very much so. Uh, okay. I am, I, I think I, I've always enjoyed a good bourbon, a good rye. Um, and it's always been something that I've, I, I, I like to have when someone for years, when someone's asked me if I want to drink, it's usually a bourbon or a rye, but I never really collected uh, or, or really became an, an enthusiast until I tasted a, a nice peated single malt. Uh, and I think it was something about the fact that, that just, that was such a strong flavor and a strong yeah. mouthfeel that for me, it just hooked me and pulled me in. Uh, uh, to, to become kind of more obsessed with it than I was just interested before with whiskey and bourbon and rye. Awesome. Okay. So I see that you have made distilled into not just whiskey, but other spirits. So how did mm -hmm. you come up with developing it into a further spirit? Yeah, genre? good question. Great question. So actually the, the origins of distilled for the game, uh, which I had come up with that name that night as well, was it was just going to be about whiskey. It was going to be about uh, making single malt, blended, uh, bourbon, rye. I was I was um, really trying. I knew that there was enough there to be able to make a game entirely about that. So I started doing that for the first week or so. That's what it was. You you in the game you can uh, acquire different types of grains, of course, and and uh, to, depending on what your your mash bill might be for what you're making. Um, but I realized that that was a even though whiskey could be arguably kind of the worldwide spirit that um, it doesn't matter if you're in Japan, uh, if you're in America, if you're in Europe, if you're in India, you're going to find uh, some great whiskeys in these countries. Um, but I thought, you know what, though, as I looked, it's not the world's most consumed spirit, even though I thought I kind of thought ignorantly that maybe it was uh, it's it's. Um, it's a probably I would say probably easily the most complex. That's that's probably uh, no argument there. But uh, I thought that there's an opportunity here to educate people beyond just whiskey here. But what about uh, spirits like baijiu in in China or cachaça down in South America and Brazil? And I thought these are spirits that I actually didn't know much about. And in certain cases, didn't hadn't even heard of, quite honestly, before I started my research. And I thought, this is a great opportunity to just make this more about all types of distilling. Because in reality, they all actually have relatively the same, if not almost identical, the same introductory process of, of how something goes through a still. Uh, so that's why I decided to expand it. And so what I started with was I found this great map um, that essentially demonstrated the most consumed spirits by brand in the world. Um, oh, wow. And so what that helped me see was it helped me kind of start with a base of, yeah, whiskey, of course, vodka, gin, uh, these, uh, but then these other spirits I hadn't really known much about, baijiu and soju, 
which are actually the most some of the most consumed spirits in the world, uh, largely probably because of the uh, the size of the population that might be consuming it uh, in in those parts of Asia. So yeah, that's how I got on the idea of yes, I'd like to expand this and really demonstrate all the diverse cultures and spirits um, that are being made around the world using kind of that same similar process of distillation. Wow, cool. So w- when you were doing this research, did you, of course, buy some of these things and taste them and, and find I a had, new love? I, I had to. I, well, I, you know, I didn't find any new loves, but I had to uh, uh, definitely taste, uh, do some uh, hands-on research, right? <laughs> hands-on, mouths-on research here. So I did. I bought, I haven't bought, purchased all of them. I'm actually in a smaller rural part of Wisconsin where, where mm-hmm. I live. So it's actually hard to acquire some of these. But when I'm when I get into the Minneapolis St. Paul area, which is over the border, close to me, um, I do uh, frequent a couple of spirit shops that allow me to to get some of these. Uh, and also sometimes when I'm finding myself in a bar where I can have either a, a cocktail that has that in it or just it it neat or straight. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, been a couple um, that I have discovered. Actually, I'll talk about Baijiu as a good example. Um, Baijiu is oftentimes made from sorghum. So again, another type of, of, of grain, um, long history and a really fascinating production process in China uh, for making Baijiu. It's, it's spelled B-A-I-J-U, um, but pronounced Baijiu. Um, and, uh, with that, their, their process actually is, uh, undergoes a different type of kind of open air fermentation process that looks more almost like piles of the sugars as opposed to something that might be in a washback. So this is fascinating. So does your wife enjoy any of these spirits with you or is she like, <laughs> yeah, this is all you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of more of an all you, buddy type of thing. So uh, being in Wisconsin, Wisconsinites love their brandy for some weird oh, reason. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, there's some weird fact out there that that's, you know, half, half the brandy consumed in the world is by Wisconsinites. It's something crazy <laughs> like that. So for instance, when I, I, my go-to, uh, cocktail usually is just an old fashioned, just because up in this region, that's a very uh, popular drink. But what's mm-hmm. interesting is it's actually rare to order. You have to actually say whiskey old fashioned right. because, um, they do it by default, they make it brandy. Um, so my wife's a, a brandy fan, especially with, with an old, a good old fashioned, um, she, she'll try, she'll try my whiskeys. Uh, and she'll, she's actually said a couple of times that like, I, I just like to have a smell. I, I, I just need a sniff. That's good enough for me. So it, it's definitely more of a, I'll, I'll usually have a dram, uh, as I'm working on the game or other things as well. And then of course, uh, I found that game night, which is something I haven't gotten to do, uh, as recently, but, I oftentimes will have uh, friends over, uh, and game night definitely has drams where I'm I'm usually um, offering it to people because they might not be as educated or have that spirit uh, right. at home. Uh, so that's been, I've found a really great opportunity to introduce uh, different types of flavors and drinks and spirits to friends as well. Very cool. Now I see the game behind you. Is that mm-hmm. um, is that the newest prototype? And is do we can we see some yeah stuff yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So here, first of all, this is, this is definitely a prototype. In fact, it's such a prototype. You'll see that the box on the side is white, right? Um, So what this means is I I was shipping some of these out and this basically isn't for resale yet, because of course, with it launching on July 6th, uh, launched right now, um, uh, this is the the opportunity for people to back this online. Uh, But I'll just hold it up to the camera real quick without hiding my mic. 
So we can see there that um, we've got the front of the distilled box. Um, and then Great graphics, I think. Up. Thank Great you. Graphics. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. My artist uh, for the game, Eric Evanson, a good friend of mine, uh, who I've been lucky enough to introduce to, to whiskey as well. Again, same thing. Was not aware, really as aware of it. Um, uh, he's just been doing a phenomenal job. So yeah, so I've got some different uh, pieces and components to show you as well. Um, so for instance, what happens is uh, at the start of the game, uh, you are going to set right in front of you um, this distillery player board. Now, this what this is essentially is a piece of cardboard um, that would sit in front of you uh, as a player. And as you can see, what this is meant to do is it's supposed to represent kind of a, a doll's dollhouse view of your distillery that right. you've inherited. We see this empty office in this top corner. We see a, a, a fairly empty floor on the top uh, and, a, and a warehouse, a pantry, and a storeroom on the bottom. So what this does is the first thing you do is you are dealt as a player um, two uh, cards that you would be uh, representing where you're going to be inheriting the distillery from some ancestor. That's the premise of the game is that you have inherited this distillery from some long lost ancestor. It's your, it's your job to bring this distillery back to its former glory um, uh, to be making kind of uh, high end spirits once again. The person that makes the uh, gets the most points, which uh, equal kind of prestigious spirits, is going to be the winner of the game, and thus the master distiller at the end of the game. So I've pulled two of the of the twelve in the base game. Uh, we're hoping to get even more. If the Kickstarter does well, we'll actually get to add even more uh, of these ancestors as well. But here's two of them. So what you can see is that you are inheriting these from different individuals. That essentially is a painting of them. Um, uh, right here, I've got Angus Douglas. Angus is from Scotland, so I just pulled out two whiskey ones. Angus Douglas is from Scotland. Uh, we've got a great little biography that you could read out to the table on the back, as well as some things that you start with. Uh, or perhaps you go with Jacqueline Booker. So Jacqueline Booker is from Kentucky. Uh, she she um, uh, is basically her husband uh, didn't come back from war. And so this is, again, we're thinking back in, in, in later to older times. Uh, and uh, she is now starting this distillery in his name. Um, uh, and what that means, too, is that each of them come with their own specific secret family recipe. So these are uh, secret. This is a, a, a straight bourbon that you can make um, that you have to follow a certain ingredients. Or perhaps if you're Angus. Do any of them have a dog like the, uh, the, the what is that baked beans dog? Um, that always stole the recipe. What was that? Oh. Do you remember? And the they were like, the only person that knows the recipe is the dog. Exactly. The dog. Like, yeah, I, I'll tell you. I, I, love sh that I should do that. So we do. I I am thinking down the road because that's such a a, a famous thing. At least over in Scotland, um, many of them have cats or dogs for the distillery, yes. almost yes. like a mascot. You know, so uh, I, I wouldn't be mouser. surprised if we'll see some. Yeah, you need yeah. a mouser in the distillery. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. So each of them start with that recipe. They also start with some other uh, special ingredients, some goals. Um, and essentially then you hang that. So let's say we went with, with uh, Jacqueline Booker. The idea is you hang that up in your distillery. And now uh, she is there for the rest of the game. And she comes with a certain power that nobody else at the table has. So it's a special thing that you can do too. And then you're off and running, essentially trying to go to the market to try and um, acquire different ingredients, different recipes, because remember, it's not just whiskey. It might be something else, too, that you want to learn, um, uh, because at the beginning, you only know how to make moonshine and vodka. 
you're right. you're starting out kind of at the beginning. You know some of the those basic, uh, more basic, uh, clear spirits, uh, and you have to build up to some of these more harder to make spirits. So ingredients, items, different bottles and barrels, recipes as well, but also upgrades. So you might need to hire a specialist for your distillery, or perhaps um, uh, you need to uh, install a special piece of equipment as well. Very cool. I think uh, I think it's time for you to take us to the uh, virtual game so you can kind of run through it. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. So this is this is distilled within Tabletop Simulator. This is not uh, going to be what the final version is like because, of course, the final version is going to be a physical board game that sits on your table right. uh, that, that people will get to play, perhaps having a dram as well while they're playing. Um, one would is, hope. One would hope. One would hope. So um, this is more to deal with the last year of the pandemic to bring people together from all around the world to play, which is what's happened. So I designed this specifically for this space where we are we are essentially in a, a warehouse, uh, just awesome. kind of a, a virtual warehouse. We see lots of barrels aging around there for us. Uh, and then at the center is our table. Uh, and you can see that distilled is, is this is the box cover for distilled. Um, uh, that is essentially trying to represent what you're doing in the game, which is you are uh, working with different, crafting different types of spirits. Normally, we'd, of course, never see a still so close to barrels. Right. Uh, that would be recipe for disaster. But <laughs> uh, in the game space, we kind of uh, can, can fake that. Um, so you have the table for you. You have three different choices within this. This is using a program called Tabletop Simulator, which is essentially trying to simulate the idea of playing board games. Um, since I'm going to be walking you through it today, I'm actually going to choose solo game uh, just to start us out. And what's going to happen here is it's going to automatically set the game up for us. Okay. So we're going to do this and I, oh, I need to change to the green player. And the game will start to sort out. It's kind of nice because it just automatically starts the game uh, and deals out the things you need. Um, the solo game is a little bit different uh, than the, the multiplayer game. This plays up to four people, uh, but uh, the solo game is doing the same, using the same rules, but you're just trying to achieve certain goals yourself. Um, now, I won't go into great detail of that uh, right now. Um, I'll mainly just talk about the overview of the, of the main game. Um, but essentially, the, the gist of Distilled is that you have inher inherited a distillery from a long-lost relative. So you can see this distillery is in front of you in the form of a player mat or a player board. Each player that sits at the table gets to have their own miniature distillery in front of them that they are going to fill with goods, ingredients, items, even upgrades like hiring specialists or hire, um, installing equipment. And then they're going to distill different spirits each turn. Uh, and then they're going to choose to either age them in their warehouse, we see in the bottom right, or perhaps sell them immediately uh, to get a, a, a quick profit. Um, all of the art you see here is done by uh, a person named Eric Evanson, uh, who is doing the graphic design and art for the game. Awesome. So, like I said, you've inherited the facility. We see that the office is empty, the, the picture frame is empty, and you all, at the start of the game, have a choice between two characters of 12 that have been dealt to you. So here we have Etienne de Clare uh, from, from France. Uh, and on the back of each card is a backstory behind uh, each individual uh, distiller. 
that you've inherited from. And then the other one we have is Jacqueline Booker from the Americas. Uh, and so in this case, um, same thing, a backstory. And you'll see that each one has their own specific uh, signature recipe. So Jacqueline is known for her straight bourbon whiskey. Um, uh, and runs the distillery called Old Pappy Jack. <laughs> so kind of a, a nice combination of, of a few different uh, things there. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happens is when you decide you want to play with one, you hang that up in your office by placing it onto your mat. And, the, and then the game that automatically gives you a setup of different ingredients and, and items that you have. The other one I'm just going to uh, uh, get rid of right now. Um, and now what we have is we have uh, the opportunity, the objective of the game is to try and craft different spirits over the course of seven rounds. Now, you've inherited this distillery. And so because of that, you don't really know much about making spirits. Um, (laughs) In fact, all you know how to make right now is moonshine and vodka. We can see our recipe board to the right of our distillery. And we see that checked off already is moonshine and vodka. We can make that. But some of these other spirits are a lot harder to make. Um, And we've really tried with Distilled to achieve, uh, strive for creating spirits representing the entire world. So you'll see things from Asia, from Europe, from the Americas. Um, Our first expansion uh, that is going to be offered as part of the Kickstarter is going to be Middle East and African spirits as well. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. So lots of different opportunities here. Um, The spirits that are always in every game are whiskey, moonshine, and vodka. Uh, When I first made this game, it was actually going to be all about whiskey, and I decided to expand it. Um, But you'll see that Jacqueline Booker, uh, she specializes in straight bourbon. So uh, when Jacqueline makes it, of course, as we know, bourbon has to have corn, right? 51% corn. So, of course, what this means is that it has to have corn in this recipe, um, as well as some other grains. Uh, and then it also has to age uh, for a number of years and acquire flavor. Um, well, if we look at something, if we go back to this recipe list and we see, let's use cachaça as an example, that third recipe down, we see that that's from the Americas. It's from Brazil. Um, it is not aged. And we see that by that little icon with the metal barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it requires at least one plant. We go down to whiskey and we see it requires at least two grain, but that's it. So we see that our straight bourbon uh, is a little harder to make. It's a, it's a signature recipe um, uh, from only this distillery can make it. So essentially on a round and distilled, uh, the players are going to go to market, which is in the middle of the table, and they're going to choose to buy different ingredients, items, uh, um, recipes, as well as individuals to hire or equipment to install. And that is going to help them to make better, better spirits. Um, uh, And again, at the beginning, you're just starting out by just doing moonshine and vodka. Uh, Once people have spent their money and gone to the, to the market, they come back to their distillery and that's when they, um, they, they uh, brew and then distill their alcohol, their spirit. Uh, And as we know, uh, really any good whiskey, but then any good, um, uh, any spirit in the world always has three ingredients, Um, always has water, Mm -hmm. always has yeast and some sort of sugar, whatever that might be for the different type of spirit. So for instance, let's say um, that we want to make a a spirit here. We're going to dump it into our washback. We see on the left-hand side of our, of our player mat is our washback, a giant wooden tub that we're dumping our ingredients into. And in order to distill something in the game, you have to have at least one card in the yeast section and uh, at least one card in the water section. So we've got a water there. And then at least one card in the sugar section. So let's just say we're going to drop a mixed grains in there. 
Okay. okay so we've got uh, uh, three different ones here. But let's let's now, uh, we've got uh, the ingredients dumped in. I could dump more ingredients in, which you'll see why that would be helpful in a second. And let's let's actually try and make some vodka to start out. Now, vodka says, the recipe says that it needs, it can have any sort of sugar, a grain, a plant, or a fruit. Uh, and it has to be sold right away. It cannot be aged, of course. That's an unaged spirit, clear spirit. So uh, if we go to make vodka right now, what we have in our washback works. We have a plant, we have a grain. We could actually add some plant or fruit in there too, as opposed to a whiskey can only have grain. Uh, can, if it had fruit or, uh, or plant, that of course would taint that whiskey and not make it whiskey anymore, but probably a vo- go back to making it a vodka. Now we've got them dumped in. And as we know, when we have something um, uh, in our wash back, it starts to ferment. The yeast eats the sugars and it turns it into alcohol. And we're going to do the same thing. We're, the distilled really tries hard to represent thematically uh, real world uh, process uh, whenever possible. So in distilled, what you do is you count the total number of sugars. And right now I only have one. And you add that many alcohol from the middle of the deck or sorry, middle of the uh, table to your washback. So I only have one. If I had two grains here, I would add two alcohol. So the yeast is eating the sugars, turning this batch into alcohol. So now we've got kind of a, a, a low beer, a low wine um, a, a spirit, a, a alcohol concoction here. We then are going to group these all together and flip it over and give it a good shuffle, mix it up. So in Tabletop Simulator, I'm obviously just hitting a button, but in real life, you'd shuffle these cards up. And here's where the fun happens because this is just like distilling. The first part of the run that comes off that, that head and that tail of the run, as we know, are toxic. We don't want to drink them. We don't want anyone else to drink them. Um, and distillers know this and the distillers know they should reuse them. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to pull the top card and we're also, and we're, and we're also going to pull the bottom card off of this deck and we're going to put it into our pantry. But as you, to be reused in a future spirit, but as you remember, I only had one grain in here. So if I have accidentally pulled the grain out of this, I have gone from making vodka that requires at least one sugar, a grain, to making moonshine, which uh, the, the recipe for moonshine is zero uh, uh, sugars whatsoever. Uh, so let's see what we've done here. Let's the, the first card we've pulled is luckily the yeast. So we're okay there. And then we're going to flip the whole deck over. But in real life, we just pull it from the bottom. And we pulled the water. We actually did it. We were successful. Um, in making, uh, uh, still having the alcohol, which is great, but the, the, the important part is the sugar, the mixed grains. We then are, because we're making vodka and that requires to be sold right away, we're going to drop it into this metal barrel. All distilleries have a reusable basic metal barrel and a reusable glass bottle. And we're going to bring this out in front of us and we're going to show the table that we have in fact made vodka. It fulfills the recipe. And we now count up our money. We have one uh, at the top left of our cards, one coin, two coin, three coin, plus our vodka itself has a two coin, a one coin next to it. So we've actually made four coins for money from this, $4, if you will, uh, that we would get to, if I make some change here, um, we would get to add to our kitty, our, our income. We also then check uh, prestige, our spirit points. There's none on these cards. But there are there um, is two points connected to the vodka here. Those are victory points. That's how you win the game is making more prestigious spirits. Uh, so we would actually get to move our uh, our card our, our token up the track on two on our spirit point track. You can see these different uh, glasses that we've illustrated. 
that you would move along the track. Now, last but not least, you take these two cards and you bring them back, whoop, bring them back to your storeroom because you can reuse those. You would return these cards to um, their stacks because they're done. They're, you've sold the spirit. Uh, and then you also grab one of the spirit labels. These are going to be uh, cardboard tokens in the final game. And you grab one, you've made vodka to proudly display it at the top of your distillery. And when you do, you get to unlock one of these bonus uh, things. So for instance, let's just say that I choose to put it over one free upgrade here. So when I do that, I then go get to go up to the market and I get to pick out one of these cards to permanently hire into my distillery. Maybe it's a tour guide that's going to give me money at the start of each round. Maybe it's a coppersmith who's uh, creating a crafting a better still for me and giving me uh, additional alcohol, which obviously is more money and um, uh, less chance of losing that, that uh, important sugar. Maybe it's the market buyer that's going to allow me to purchase more cards from the, the, the market, or maybe it's something like a storage uh, that allows me to get a discount on things too. And there's many more there. So let's say, let's do the, uh, the coppersmith. So the coppersmith is hired for free because of that bonus. And now this coppersmith works in my distillery, helping me every round from here on out to add more alcohol. So instead of adding one that last round, I would have gotten to add one more as well uh, to that batch every t- every round. And at the end of the game, this coppersmith also gives me a bonus for my Europe-based labels as well that I collect above the top. Um, so that's how you would, uh, in a typical round, how you would make a spirit. Now, I just want to show you one more thing about how you would uh, make uh, perhaps an age spirit. So let's just imagine for a second that I have purchased, I have to pay and purchase to be able to learn whiskey. I need to to essentially um, uh, think of it as going to school to learn how to make whiskey. So you're paying the tuition to do that um, to different master classes. And now I know how to make whiskey. I've unlocked this by paying for that $4 recipe and I can now make whiskey. So let's just imagine for a second, um, I'm just going to cheat here for a second here and pull out a couple things. Let's pull out some corn and let's pull out some rye. Okay. So let's imagine that I have purchased from the shop, I have purchased a couple things. I've purchased some premium corn. So you see that this is worth a little bit more than a normal, just mixed grains. Purchased some rye as well. It's not as good, but it still does pretty well. I've paid three coins for this one. I paid four coins for this one. Maybe I've purchased an American standard barrel. Uh, of course, uh, we don't want to have a, a already used barrel for our, our whiskey. We need to have it be a brand new oak barrel. Um, and perhaps also just to, to cheat a little bit too, let's find a, a good uh, bottle for this too. Maybe I've even purchased a nice wax sealed bottle as well for, for my spirit. Um, so with that said, maybe I've purchased, maybe I've acquired a yeast in a water as well as maybe um, uh, some mixed grains too. And what I'm doing now is because I've purchased these items, they go into my storeroom. Um, uh, I'm now going to go and try and make a whiskey. We see I've, I've got a couple uh, grains here, some mixed grains that are basic here. I've added some rye and some corn as well. I've got some water and some yeast. And now if I were to go through this process again, remember, I know how to make whiskey now. Whiskey costs or uh, needs at least two grain. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to see that I actually have four cards here, four different grains 
And since I have four grain or sugar cards here, I'm going to get to draw four alcohol cards because it's a much stronger, higher quality batch. And then in addition to that, because of my coppersmith, I'm going to get to draw one more alcohol card. So this is going to be a very potent batch now. And we can see what I'm trying to show you here is this is essentially maybe what you would make in round three or four of the game. So it's a little further on. We're going to do that same thing where we're going to shuffle it because the yeast is eating the sugars, turned into alcohol. We're going to make that head and tail cut by pulling a card off the top and see what we've lost. We lost some alcohol and that's okay because alcohol is a wild. It can be used as yeast or water in the future. And we've also lost some yeast. So luckily we did not lose our precious grains. Um, these now, our batch is looking pretty good. Uh, we want to be able to put it into a barrel, but with our vodka, when we made our vodka, we sold it right away. But as we know with whiskey, it cannot be sold right away. It's got to right. spend some time in the warehouse. So what we're going to do now is we are going to send this batch to the warehouse. So we're going to combine it all together. We're going to put it face down into our warehouse. We're going to put, drop it into a barrel. In this case, we're using our American Standard barrel. We're also going to grab that whiskey label because we have, in fact, made whiskey. But here comes the fun part for, for aging. When you age and you're not selling, you, of course, need to uh, have flavor added to this, this barrel. Um, so for every round that this sits in your warehouse, remember, it's a seven-round game. So this could sit here for a couple rounds you're going to add a flavor to it. You're not going to get to look at it though. Um, so let's just uh, simulate that by adding two flavors. So let's just uh, pretend that this was in the warehouse for two rounds. We then are going to let that sit. It's, it's, it's absorbing the flavors of the oak, the char, uh, perhaps um, uh, the surroundings, the, the terroir of the area. And now from there, let's just imagine it's the next round and we're going to sell. Um, we're going to bring our barrel out as well as our label. And we're going to show the tables. Imagine sitting around the table with your whiskeys and you're going to describe to everybody what flavor whiskey you made. Now, this is the fun part. It's not necessarily authentic in the sense of it's more of almost fun to, to say it. So you'd say, well, yes, I, I am uh, Jacqueline Booker and I have proudly made this whiskey that has notes of, of plastic. Oh, <laughs> okay. So that's maybe not, not necessarily good. Uh, and, Oh, notes of sweaty. Okay, so this is not a good example. This is actually pretty funny that I'm showing this because most of the flavors are really good. Um, there's a couple ones, uh, leather notes, uh, floral notes, multi notes. So you've got other ones that are, are higher in value too. You see that some of these uh, better flavors have come with more money. There's certain upgrades you can unlock uh, that actually will allow you to choose your flavors. So for instance, if I had, un if I had uh, upgraded my distillery in a certain way, for instance, let's actually use a couple here and show you. Um, I've got here, I've got a coffee still and a column still. Um, I've got a spirit safe as well. Uh, but some of them, let's just get one as an example. Um, for instance, if I had a Doig ventilator, I'd actually be able to choose the flavors that get added. I draw to and choose, oh, I've got this plastic. I don't want that. I'm going to put this leathery flavor instead. Um, but regardless, we have it. And we also, so this is not necessarily the best quality uh, whiskey we've made, um, but we also then count up the total points. We see they're going to have a lot more points, two, three, 
four. Our whiskey itself is worth 10. So now we're at 14 points. And then we count the total number of flavors. We have two, even if they're bad. Uh, and we see that on our uh, player board here, we see that with two flavors, we get three extra points. So we just made a 17 point whiskey um, that was much better compared to our 2.5 that would really bring us uh, pretty far forward on track. Um, and then on addition to that, we also have sold quite a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, oh, and I did, forgot to put it in my bottle. Of course, we've got to put it into our, our great bottle. So we would have sold this for 10 points and that would have actually earned a couple more points as well or 10 money. So you can see the, the goal here of distilled is that over time, uh, over the course of the seven rounds, you're really trying to build up your distillery with new equipment and upgrades and, and individuals uh, to eventually get towards making some of those, those master spirits or even just some of these other exotic spirits. Um, and at the end of seven rounds, whoever has the most points uh, is named the master distiller and is thus the winner of the game. Nice. I'm sorry, that was a lot of talking, but hopefully that helped you kind of see an overview of, of the game. Yeah, no, that's great. And then when you're playing with other people, I'm assuming it's like somebody pulls a card, then the next person does a card, then the next person. That's exactly right. So cool. normally, if you're playing around the table, each person goes to the market and gets to buy one card, and then it goes to the next. And it keeps going around the table for that round until um, uh, everybody's passed. So for instance, if you were playing with me, Perhaps you would grab the column still, which then you only draw one card instead of two when you're distilling. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you, if you had bought that, let's just say you purchased that, a new card comes out uh, for me to purchase. But maybe I really want this gorgeous ex-bourbon hogshead. Maybe I'm a Scottish distiller and I want to take advantage of the, the ex-bourbon. Right. Uh, so in that case, um, uh, it's expensive, but it's a really great card. And if, if you get to it first before me, because I can't afford it, you, you get that. Um, and there's also a run on spirit labels. So for instance, if I made two whiskeys and then there was only, uh, um, let's say it's just you and I playing, there'd be only two of these because it's the number of players. Um, then in that case, um, let's say I made two whiskeys, there'd be no labels left. You could still make whiskey, but you're not going to get to proudly um, display that whiskey at the top of your distillery and get a bonus as well. So it's also important to, be the first people to try and make certain things before the market dries up with, you know, basically it gets saturated that people don't want to necessarily uh, buy whiskey anymore because everybody's making it, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So really tried uh, at the end of the day, what I've tried hard to do is research and stay as authentic as possible to the distillation, but also the industry process. So for instance, I showed you a little bit behind the scenes for whiskey but for instance, if I was making a Scottish whiskey, um, uh, I wanted to be sure to have things like ex-bourbon. Uh, I've got um, other things like, let's see if we can pull some out, barley, uh, potatoes for vodka, uh, juniper berries for, for gin. So really tried hard to, to uh, demonstrate all different types. You know, if you make your moonshine, I've got a mason jar for you just in case. <laughs> so uh, trying as best as I can to pay homage to all the different um, uh, industries, uh, or I should say all the different types of spirit out there. Right. Um, uh, and again, through uh, whiskey being kind of the prime one, the one people are most familiar with is always in the game. But then as the playing group, you could all sit down and say, you know what, let's play, let's play more like an Asian spirit night. And you'd have mostly Asian spirits or let's play more of a 
international night where you'd have a mix kind of like I do here. Um, uh, so I've tried to set that up as well. So that there's different, what I'm calling tasting flights, uh, which are those recipe uh, clipboards where um, if you chose as a group to play an Asian night, those would look very different. Whiskey would still be there. Moonshine vodka would be there, but the rest would be more Asian area. And, and of course my, my dream and my hope is that people will hold kind of tastings when they play these so that I could say, Oh, Carrie, I just uh, made this by Joe. Would you like a sip of this and actually have by Joe to pour for the table That's awesome. uh, for people to try? All right. So. Awesome. So now the clipboard sheet, is that going to, you know, have different sheets like in the box that you can choose from? Yeah, you got it. Exactly. So that's exactly right. So the, the hope would be um, my dog is barking in his sleep. I don't know if you can hear him. What? Sorry. <laughs> my dog is barking oh, in his no, sleep. I don't see it. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, um, uh, yes, that's totally right. So what's going to happen is that the base game uh, is going to ship with 12 spirits, um, 12 different spirits. So you see some of them here and there's a couple others like tequila is not in here. Uh, Aqua V is not in here, but the others are. Um, but then the hope is what's going to happen is that uh, if we do well with the Kickstarter, it's going to unlock stretch goals that are going to allow us to add more spirits. So I've got a list of spirits that I want to have um, in the base game um, as well um, that are going to expand it even further. And then what would happen was the group would decide which pre-made tasting flight they'd like to play with. And like I said, if if you decide it's Asia, for instance, let's say it's Asia spirits, you're not going to see gin or rum there or brandy. You're going to see baijo, soju, shochu is another one, mm-hmm. um, uh, lambanog, um, uh, I, we're also including Oceania. So we're including Australia in this case. So you would see some there. You'd see an, uh, an Indian whiskey in that sense, a Japanese whiskey. Uh, so you'd see, see kind of more Asian leaning spirits and the distillery identities that you play with would be as well. So I didn't show you that, but um, you know, so maybe you'd have Fang Jin you'd play mm-hmm. with, not necessarily Jacqueline Booker. Um, uh, perhaps you'd have Zhang Jina as well. Uh, and each of these has a specialty spirit in the sense of, oh, that's the other guy, that's Angus. Uh, but in the sense of, you know, Zhang Ji, uh, she, uh, she specializes in soju, while Feng Jin specializes in baijiu. So each one would have their own uh, specific one. And you'd all be playing as those as opposed to Angus from Scotland or Jacqueline from uh, Americas, uh, because you'd be choosing to play the Asian spirit tasting flight that night. That was a great presentation of the game. I can't wait to actually see the board game. And as soon as, well, now, I mean, technically by the time this is airing, uh, it will be Kickstarter. So tell me, if I go in and I and I donate 50 bucks, what happens? Uh, great question. Great question, Carrie. So uh, we are looking, of course, what we're trying to do is we are looking to try and um, uh, essentially raise enough funds to make this dream become a reality. Right now, uh, in order to produce this, I need to produce at least 1,500 copies of this game. Uh, so this is manufactured mass production. And so to do that, I set a goal. Uh, our goal is going to be, uh, well, uh, you'll have seen it already. Uh, a goal is going to be right around $18,000 that we're going to try and raise to, to print this many. So from there, what we say is, if you believe in this project, if you believe in this person, me, if you believe in this idea, the game, uh, and you want to see this become a reality, we're asking for some sort of pledge. So like you said, if, if um, you decide to uh, put down a certain amount of money, there's certain rewards that come with it. 
So the initial one is you can you can put down a single dollar and just say, yeah, I just want to kind of show that uh, I believe in this. I'm not necessarily interested in more, which is great. There's other tiers too. And, and if you want to be able to, um, or if you can uh, uh, give $55, that is going to give you not only the full game uh, in its full finished glory, all the, all the cards, everything else would be final, but also what it's going to do is it's going to give you a couple additional things. One, we're going to have, if we can back, if we can fund, which means reset $18,000 in the first 24 hours of the Kickstarter, uh, what that will mean is every single person that, that backs is going to get a free 14 card, what we're calling a mini expansion with new cards, new identities that you would only be able to get uh, through that route. They won't be in the, the game when you open it up. It'll be an extra thing that you will get as a backer. So if you give $55, that's what you're going to be able to, to get. Uh, but then also, uh, if you wanted to make, have an even more deluxe version, uh, we are going to also have an $85 tier that's going to come with metal coins. So instead of just the cardboard coins you'd have, it'll come with metal, real metal coins that we've designed. Um, uh, it's also going to come with a, an extra expansion that's going to have spirits from the middle East and Africa. So a whole extra box, uh, uh, and it's also going to come with, um, uh, eight commemorative, distilled coasters so that you can use have those kind of around the table uh to hold your drinks as you go so we've got a couple different tiers for your, for people to choose from um as you'll see on the page lots of videos and other things too so you can kind of understand a little bit more about what this game is about too that's awesome i can't wait to now now i have to decide do i do i can i afford 85 or do, can i only afford 55 <laughs> Nice. Well, and again, anything, any, anything really uh, is so appreciative from anyone if they believe in it. Because the other thing to keep in mind too is that um, after the campaign's done, and hopefully we we fund. The cool thing is that if we fund at eighteen thousand dollars, which would be wonderful, that is fantastic. The campaign's up for three weeks. If we exceed that, there's things called stretch goals. What that means is that if we get to twenty five thousand dollars. Then we have more things unlocked. If we get to $30,000, we have even more things. We start adding cards. We start making things higher quality. So we're hoping to go as far as we can because we've got what's called stretch goals every five or $10,000. And if we can raise enough funds, it makes the game all that better and actually dumps a lot more stuff into the game for the same price, which is kind of right. If you were able to make the highest amount of all the stretch goals, would this, I mean, there's no Toys R Us anymore, but would this be any regular gaming shop uh, that you yeah. could just go pick up? Great question. Great question. So hopefully, I mean, uh, if we raise enough and have enough backers, we're going to print many more than 1,500 copies. Um, and that does allow us to start to look at other options. Is it something where um, uh, certain retailers will be able to back it? Uh, and what they'll be able to do is get it into their store. So they can also back the game. And instead of paying the full price, like you would at a, at a store, they're going to pay a partial amount so that they can sell that in their store and still make money off of it. Um, and I'm hoping that this also catches the eye of distillery gift shops. Cause I feel like this is going to be a great thing to find in a distillery gift shop for some people too. Um, so the hope is that we find, uh, we're able to have distilled found in distillery gift shops, game stores, uh, local game stores, but also perhaps online as well, um, uh, through Amazon and other, other retailers too. And again, like you said, it all depends on how well it does and how many copies we're able to print. And are you guys at all looking to sell the game to like Mattel or any of those big board game type people? You just want to stay independent. Yeah. Right now we're, we're looking to stay independent. I had a choice. Um, uh, about a year and a half ago to decide 
do I do this myself uh, under my my uh, game studio or publishing studios, Paverson Games? Do I do it through uh, my own studio and deal with all the headaches and everything else that's involved with that, but also be able to control and hold on to my vision uh, and work with Eric, the artist, to to truly really make sure it's what we want we wanted to make, or do we sell the idea essentially to a studio like you said, like um, uh, another sort of game company? Um, but in that case, oftentimes what we see is that that theme or those mechanics or, or how we've designed the game might change um, to a point that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want that to happen. But there's still the chance that does happen from time to time that a, a game does well on Kickstarter. A publisher approaches them afterwards and says, I don't care um, uh, uh, about, you know, all the money you raise now. That's wonderful. And that's yours. But we still believe in this product and we want to see this happen. So we're willing to invest even more in it so that, that it still could potentially happen. But usually this type of thing at this point means that we're probably going to be doing this independently. Yeah, that's kind of how uh, how I am with my with my TV pilot. Um, yeah, because. The, I mean, I believe in the pilot the way it is, and there's been other versions of the pilot that um, reditions that we were going through, and I was like, okay, so I bring it, I pitch it, and they're like, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And I'm like, that's not the same show. Exactly. So I've exactly. decided, you know what? I'm going to stop pitching it to everybody until it's done, and mm -hmm. then I'll put it out to the world and see. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important for the artist to have their uh, their vision uh, and. And I really do believe, and I've, I've read this too many times, that you continue to work on that that idea, that vision, uh, just because people are saying, you should do this or you should do that, or we're not ready for that. They're not ready or the world's not ready for it yet, but they, they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know what they don't uh, have or want. So um, that's our job as creatives and creatives to you know bring those new ideas out, exactly. to, the, out to the world. Exactly. All right. Well, Dave, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you showing us your game and uh, taking time to uh, demonstrate it on the virtual. That was really cool. Um, now, when so people can go on the virtual and play it now if they have the tabletop simulator. And is they that gonna, is that going to continue on after the Kickstarter? Yes, yes, that will be, remain to be free online. And you know, it's it's a it's a as you saw, it's kind of this three D environment. It's a little hard for people that aren't used to uh, playing with games or doing things online. Um, but there are other options. Uh, there's uh, options for be able to print the, the components out. They'll be able to find that on the Kickstarter page too, where you can actually oh, print cool. the, the components out. Um, that's actually a tier for only $8. I will send you all the files. Uh, it's a lot of work to print it out, but then you could have your own version. Um, right. uh, so yeah, Tabletop Simulator will still be available. Uh, also, um, there's lots. The nice thing too is there's lots of videos out there that people uh, play and record themselves. Um, so that's another opportunity to be able to watch it and kind of get a feel for if it's something that they would like like to to back or or like to play as well. That's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to tell uh, our audience since your your Kickstarter is live yesterday? No, I just hope that they'll uh, consider going and taking a look. Uh, again, it's uh, if you search for it, uh, you might be able to find a link in this as well. But if you search for distilled on Kickstarter, you'll be able to find it. Uh, Kickstarter.com. Uh, I'd say the last thing is it might be you might be a little wary about how does Kickstarter work. Um, it really is coming down to uh, backing and supporting people that have a dream. Uh, and it's very easy to register and it's very secure uh, for putting in your credit card information, because if you do eventually decide to back the project. Um, but I'm also there commenting in the comments every day. So you'll be able to also interact with me, too. Uh, I have lots of social media 
um, um, handles as well that you'll be able to find too and participate in those communities too. So lots of ways to to participate. And I really hope to see uh, some some of you over at our Kickstarter page soon. So Dave, um, I would love to offer our audience a very special treat. What do you got for us? If we well, I, I happen to have a, a, a custom, uh, it's, it's no Glen Karen, but it's the next best thing. I've got custom uh, shot glasses with the distilled logo on it. And then also Paverson Games, the studio uh, on it That's as awesome. well. Um, and I'd love to be able to offer one of these up uh, for free for, Great. for a winner. So today I will put up a link and everybody who registers through the link will be registered for the raffle. And then one lucky winner will be chosen. And I will share this list with Dave so that he can cross-reference to make sure that this person has actually donated uh, to the project. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. I hope I'm really hopeful someone will uh, be a lucky winner out there of, of this and I'll be able to send that to them right away. That'd be awesome. Cause that, I mean, nobody else is going to have that. So this is pretty, exactly. pretty nice. Okay. Yep. Special. So not only would they get, if they spent 55 or 85 to get the mm -hmm. special stuff, if they sign up today with us and you, then they'll also get the fancy little chocolate. That's, That's right. Cool. That's right. All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much. I'm so excited about this game. I can't wait to see it fruition. And I'm as you know, well, technically yesterday I will have purchased a, uh, a donation <laughs> And uh, we'll see how things go. And I can't wait. Oh, what's the um, ETA of like, what, when do you think you're going to have those? Yeah, good question. So the hope would be that if we are lucky enough to unlock all these stretch goals with this new material, uh, new cards, new, new identities, new people, um, we'll work, the art, our artists will work to kind of finish some of those up. We will probably be sending it off to, to China sometime around the new year. Uh, okay. and be printed. And I would say by this time next year, backers will have it in their hand. Uh, and I'll awesome. be giving them updates every month on progress and, and, and process as well. That's awesome. All right, Dave. Well, thank you so much. Good luck to you. Thank you, Carrie, so much. For show notes on today's podcast, please visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll include links and supporting documents from today's stories in this episode's blog post. As always, you'll see upcoming topics, a guest roster, and links to past shows. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Salonchava! Spirits of Whiskey is produced by First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard. <laughs>